CFF presents 1% Better, a podcast about CrossFit, nutrition, coaching, mindset, and community. Join us as we embark in casual conversation to shed light on what life is like within these black and yellow walls. With episodes coming at you every Monday, you can follow along with Coach Whitney and Taryn as we talk shop about all things CFF. All right, episode 29. We are talking about mental health today. We have a we have an awesome guest. So Cam Nash is joining us. Hi, Cam. Hello. How you doing? Not so bad. Welcome back. Or well, I guess not to the podcast, but like, you know, you disappeared for a little bit doing your own thing, and now you're back within the gym and you come with a cool telling story, and we're ready to kind of talk about it. So we're gonna tackle mental health today on our podcast. Yeah, absolutely. This is something that's uh, affected me on a personal level for probably, I'd say, the past five years for sure. And I'm going to tell the story on how CrossFit has helped me cope with the stress that's occurred in my life. And like fitness is great for handling stress, just like anything mental health related like fitness in general, not just related to CrossFit. I love CrossFit to deal with it because it's like such high intensity. You can just really zone out in the moment and utilize a lot of that high intensity to just blur things out and disappear for a while and take that hour on yourself type of thing. Um, and especially I'd say now more than ever, fitness is really in the spotlight in terms of dealing with mental health and it being a, you know, a, a reason that we go to the gym and, and have to be here and that type of thing. But um, sometimes you know, like you mentioned, it becomes a lot deeper of a reason for why you're here and what you're doing and how you're utilizing it as a tool for yourself. Absolutely, without a doubt. Um, for me, a lot of it is the social aspect of being here um, and just having everyone driving you and encouraging on and just getting that complete and utter exhaustion done in the workout. Which is a cool thing to hear from you because you're often that person for many other people. And yet you're the one that's saying that like those other people are that for you. Yeah. So that's a, that's a, a neat little. It's part, part of the reason why I encourage the way I do. <laughs> <laughs> like we stuttered on that. <laughs> for those that don't know me, I'm quite vocal and in your face, like yeah. quite literally in this your is face. This cam that didn't encourage yeah. you that one day. Yeah. That one day. No, you're Taryn. So that's what I, <laughs> I faltered on that one. So to go back. Um, Wait, tell us tell us what you do. Like, So I, I'm an RCMP officer. I have been for 10 years. I did five years in Meadow Lake, uh, which is northern Saskatchewan. And I've, I've been in station in Yorkton for five years. All of my service has been frontline, general duty. So you make a call about mischief or something, I'm one of the guys you're going to see. Or you're out walking your dog and you see a weird bag of stuff on the ground and yeah. you send Cam a text and he just tells you it's antacids. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, true. Good to know people. You forgot about that one? Yeah, I remember that. So a lot of people see how we show up on calls and we deal with the thing, whatever situation we have to, and then we go home. What a lot of people don't see is how officers carry that stuff afterwards. Um, like, well, for instance, when I'm on a high-intensity call, say, multi-vehicle multi accident with multiple people with injuries of all varying degrees, that's a lot to take on. But I call it, the way I handle that is I, I call it putting up a wall. You're removing all emotions from the job, and you can deal with those later. 
So you deal with what you have on hand, get that done, and then you go on to the next one. Then at the end of shift, you go home. And part of the problem in the society, I guess, is that you don't deal with it. You suck it up, you move on to the next call, and you just absorb it. Well, sooner or later, that reaches a breaking point. And for me, um, the biggest one of my career happened five years ago. I was alone patrolling in the middle of the night, and I got a call of a domestic situation happening. So I go, priority one, so license sirens, and I get there. And I find the guy on top of the girl raping her. One of the most brutal things I've ever seen in oh my, my life. So I'm human. It takes me a few seconds to realize what I'm looking at. The guy sees me. He starts running away. So as I'm chasing after him, he trips. I grab him, and I go ass over tea kettle. Back up, cuffs on, into the car. So deal with him, deal with the victim. Uh... I think I get home about 7 o'clock in the morning. But while I'm waiting at the hospital, I notice my shoulders start hurting. So one of the most traumatic events in my life that I've ever seen, coupled with an injury that's been bothering me for five years now. So that was the whole start of realizing something was wrong. So then I went into, I went to one psychologist. Things got better. But in those five years, I've tried I'm on number four for psychologists. So my advice for that is not everyone's going to work for you. Find the one that does. So don't give up on one bad experience. So I found one that's really good for me now. And then the real breaking point that I knew something was really wrong with me was in March of this year. I was releasing a prisoner, and he was giving the name of somebody that I pulled out of a river and done chest compressions on that didn't make it. So I went up one side of him and down the other, saying how inappropriate that was and everything. And meanwhile, all I'm seeing is me doing chest compressions on a guy that's not going to make it. So as I'm walking out, I feel like I got hit in the chest by a sledgehammer. All wind went out of me, and I just started crying. So then I was, <clears throat> then I went in and started seeing a psychologist, and she recommended that I upped the intensity on working out because that's something that we discussed in our sessions on how it relieves stress for me, more family time, and eventually I ended up taking some time off work too. So for CrossFit and how it helps me out. Like that, at that point, that was the point when you approached, you came to the door, right? Back. Yeah. And I remember seeing you walk in like, you know, even though you were away, you were still involved. You would show up in your uniform and you'd be doing stuff with us during the fundraisers and all this cool stuff. But like when you walked in on that day, like it was different. It was different yeah. than all those other days. Yeah. So, if, you know, we had that conversation between you and I, like this is something I need to bring back into my life. And yeah, that that was a, a special day for me because it, it made me feel like you trusted me in that moment that, you know, there's something here that you needed and I was able to help provide that for you in a very vulnerable moment. Oh yeah. Being those that know me know I'm not one to be the weak yeah. shy guy in the back. I'm that is yeah. not my personality whatsoever. Yeah. But I also feel that if you don't talk about it and if you don't trust people to help you along, you're not going to make it out at the end in a positive way. Like everyone's, Everyone's fighting some sort of demon yep. and has some sort of problem. 
but if you do it by yourself, you're not going to make it. So coming back to the gym was a huge, huge part for me. Some days the hardest part of the workout is just getting through the door. Yep. Um, and others it's, damn, we're doing cardio again. <laughs> so that's um, part of the reason why I've come back um, to help me along with this journey. I know it's not, I don't know if it'll be a quick fix. Um, like I'm 10 years into my career, I plan on doing 25. So I know there's going to be other incidences in my career where there is going to be a lot to deal with. But now I have people that I can rely on, people that know what's going on with me and can see the triggers in me. So, so tell us, tell us what's going through your mind, like while you're working out now that you're utilizing this as a tool to deal yeah. with that. There, there's the, the energy from depression has to go somewhere, right? So the way I feel it, I'm having a bad week at work or I'm having a bad day. I'll come into the gym and I will put everything that I have and be a puddle on the floor at the end of the gym. The, the event is still there in my head, but the energy from it has been utilized in a different fashion. It's not sitting inside me, rotting away. Yeah. So you, you guys have seen me break down twice since I've come back, really. And I, th I think it's just part of the healing process. I don't think it's anything to be ashamed of. It's an injury. No, you, 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 yeah, you tweak it, and it's like my shoulder. I'll tweak my shoulder every now and then, and then I just you know, ice it, move on, take some Advil. <laughs> so in essence, coming to the gym is my Advil for that. So you said it's the social part of it. So what part of the social part of it is the part that you're so dependent on? Is it just being around others or is it them being encouraging? Like, is there anything that specifically like sticks out more so than there, there's never one thing because every class is different, right? Yeah. So everyone's so encouraging to get you through that workout. Like I always approach one workout. Okay. This is the workout. I know this person's really good at this. If I can keep ahead of them or if I can try to keep up to a certain percentage of it, I'm good. This person, I know, will probably need some encouragement, so I'll help them along if I can, if I'm not sucking wind too bad. <laughs> so I, it makes me get my mind into a different frame, right? Positivity. And it gets me thinking. It gets stuff's getting me thinking about the job sometimes, too. Absolutely. So Yeah. Can I backtrack and ask what brought you to CrossFit in the first place? <laughs> that was back in 2000. 13 when I was in Meadow Lake. Mm -hmm. I joined the gym up there and it was a group of cops. We just went by ourselves and we did Fran. So five cops. Why is that everybody's first workout? It is oh, not Fran mine is and I am a-okay with that. And we were all in decent shape and we did Fran and I think my time was something like eight or nine minutes and I was a puddle on the floor afterwards. So, oh, geez, I got some serious issues, issues I need to deal with. <laughs> and it wasn't just me. All of us were just puzzles on the floor. And we stuck. There was probably about five of us that stuck with that for our time there. And it was a very positive experience. It's how I found out I was good at lifting. <laughs> um, and then I carried on when I moved down here. I messaged you when I was transferring. Yeah, I remember that too. Yeah. 
Cool. Did you ever think CrossFit would turn into like that mental health role in your life versus like that get in shape strength building? No, no, not at all. At that point in my career, I was still pretty junior Mm -hmm. and still 10 foot tall and bulletproof. Mm -hmm. And now I'm a little bit battered. I'm a little bit bruised. Uh, There's a few, few little kinks in the armor now. Mm -hmm. So I didn't realize that it would help me in that aspect of my life Mm -hmm. to the degree that it does now. Like I'd say on dealing with my mental health is probably one of the major factors and having the right people there to support you Mm -hmm. and having, if you're not willing to talk about it, to the right people, it can be a detriment. And I understand that everybody isn't comfortable talking with it. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the major hurdles. I think I'm kind of a little bit of an oddball on how open I am about it. I don't think so. I'm trying to use that as a positivity for others because I know there will be somebody that's listening to this. Hey, that's happening to me, but I can't talk about it. So, mm-hmm. which is there's and, nothing wrong with that. And that was part of the conversation that we had at the very beginning. Um, I think we were just starting our podcast at that point when you and I first spoke about you coming back and, you know, we talked about the eventual day where you, you would be ready to talk about it, to try and help someone else Mm. that would be it potentially in the same spot that you were in at that point where, you know, you weren't quite ready to talk about it just yet. And, and now we're what, six, seven months later and here you are. And you said to me yesterday, like, I'm ready, like, let's do this. And that's been a long process of go on therapy. Uh, like I said, I found a therapist that was really good. Uh, all of her clientele are, are cops. So she understands where mm-hmm. we're coming from. Yeah. Uh, so that helped immensely. And then getting back into the workout routine and uh, like for instance, Heidi, the workout Heidi. Yeah. And so let's just back up about yeah. that. Tell us about Heidi. Some so, might not know what yeah. Heidi is. So Heidi was, is a workout named after a constable that was killed in Nova Scotia this year. Um, I'm very passionate when these hero wads come up about fallen officers. So this is when we're all working out from home. And for those workouts, for me personally, I don't like doing them alone because there's, there's not the drive. There's not the, the passion that you can see put into it. So that's why I did it in front of the, from the gym here with you guys. Yeah, because we couldn't actually come in the gym yeah. at that point. We were shut down. Yeah. And so we put everything out in the parking lot and, yeah. and worked through it with you there. So, yeah, like those things are immensely healing for, for a guy like me. I just couldn't do it in my basement by myself. Yeah. It wouldn't have the same effect for me. For sure. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Cool. Um. I guess in sort of choosing like your therapist that you work with, what kind of things do you look for in the gym community that helps you? <laughs> good question. <laughs> She's good with these on the spot questions. Yeah. She got me last week. I did. <laughs> so when I got, when I'm having a bad day and uh, I got a workout plan and I don't want to go, I'll come into the gym and basically I'll look around and see who's there. For me right now, there is a lot of new faces that I don't know these people. <laughs> but for instance, so say like Genevieve's around. Yeah. You know, she is going to be hustling, hustling right <laughs> alongside you. So 
If she's Especially here, if it's burpees, you yeah. got to pick up your socks. If she's here, okay, let's get her done. Let's get on with it. And there's aspects to everyone else that comes to the gym. Everybody's good at something. Not everybody's good at everything. And sometimes it's just the, hey, Cam, how are you? When you walk through the door yeah. that you need on that given day. Yeah. You no, know, Even for myself, like if I'm not slated to coach or whatever and I just walk in, like just having people acknowledge you in a certain space in a given time, like that's just what you need sometimes. And another thing too is like when people see me here, they see another guy in shorts and a t-shirt right yeah. for workout. They don't see a guy in the uniform, mm -hmm. which is good for the separation a lot of times. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So. That, that's another big aspect. For sure. Which workouts give you the most relief? <laughs> what type of workout? Certainly not the cardio ones. <laughs> Actually, I'm, no. I'm going to take that back because they might. It might be cathartic for yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Um, depends. If I'm having like an extremely bad, bad day, I'll want to lift something heavy until I can't lift anymore. If yeah, it's just a run of the mill, I'm pissed off. Give me a grinder. Give me a chipper. Yeah. Give me something that will just drain me, exhaust me to the to the limits. Yeah. I like. There's been times where my stress levels get too high, or whatever it is I'm dealing with something at the time, and I use workouts to hide behind. Grace is one of those workouts for me. Like if I'm doing grace, it's because something is seriously wrong. Something like I'm. Yeah mad or whatever there's something going on in my life that i need to deal with and the heavier i'm doing it the more into whatever it is that's happening has affected me like i've done grace at almost every weight possible that i can handle physically yeah. <laughs> so if taryn's doing heavy grace back away it, you'll see me like wearing a heavy workout or something and i'll get passionate <laughs> i swear a lot so when i'm really involved and in, you'll see me let's Exploded, let's get this done and I'll, I'll bring up the intensity of a lot more. And if there's somebody there that can push me or match me in the weights I'm lifting, all the better to it. Like that day with Megan. I was yeah, just going to say the deadlift day with Megan. Yeah, she, she was challenging me. It was like, crap, like she's close to my weight. I need to be lifting a hell of a lot more. <laughs> so I challenged her and she actually PR'd by 25 pounds. Yeah, yeah so which is amazing because it was already over yeah, 300 as yeah, it was. Yeah. I wasn't even close to what I used to be able to do, but just seeing her being pushed to that limit was yeah. the biggest win Rewarding of the day for, for me. You. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love seeing people break their PRs. I feel like we can call that the cam effect. <laughs> I like, I that's like literally what you have on people, like just that influence to like push and do more there's nothing wrong with failing at a lift no. nothing wrong and i think part of the problem is people don't want to fail at a lift mm -hmm. if you don't fail at a lift you don't know where you are then <laughs> yeah so. which can then translate over into life right yeah. you don't fail at things in life you don't know where you're at people when we get called out people look for us to have the answer for everything and a lot of the times these problems they're calling us about have been going on for years, months, even longer. So we don't always have the answer for that. So having carrying that weight on yourself and then trying to and have them feeling that you're a failure is something that really is never talked about and is never um, brought forward in a lot of situations like this. Cool. Mm -hmm. So and it, it weighs on you when you can't solve that person's problem right then and there. So when you say that, like, give us an example. 
What do you, what would be an answer somebody would be looking for? So it doesn't need to be anything yeah. crazy. Just one of the most common things we come across are domestics. Domestic situations are a couple that couple in any sense of the term that are having problems and they can't handle themselves. So they call us. So we deal with what we have in front of us, but there's also a lot of people behind us that help out. Right. Yeah. So therapists, yeah. counselors, addiction counselors, marriage counselors, that sort. But a lot of these people aren't either going to the gym and working out the problems either. They're, in essence, they're not handling their stress properly, in my mind anyway. So do I recommend them working out or doing something? A lot of the time I tell them to go for a walk to yeah. get, some, get some space. Ironically, that's what we say too. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, join a gym, find something else to put your energy into. Get some separation from the other person is something that I've recommended a few times. I don't know if it works or not, but it's something that has worked for me. Yeah. In your line of work, are there those types of resources available to you? Like when you realized you were struggling and you needed help, were those resources readily available or did you have to kind of go seeking them? Are you talking like counselors? Counselors, yeah, I'm just like... The RCMP... Uh, what does that uh, look like for, on your For my journey through this, the RCMP has been very, very supportive. Um, other members um, have been very supportive of what's been happening with me. Mm -hmm. They may not fully understand, mm -hmm. but they understand that something's not right with me. So they've been very supportive. I found amazing psychologist mm -hmm. um, support all the way up the chain has been very supportive. So these, there's been a huge transition in the force from when I first started to now I can see that in my career. Because right. when I first started, there was still the stigma. Suck yes, it up. Right. It's exactly. nothing to worry about. Yeah. Move on. Sure. And, I, and I know that I, you and I have had this conversation before too, but like my dad used to be a deputy fire chief and there was many times as I was growing up, he'd be sitting on the deck with the therapist you know, I didn't understand what was going on, yeah. but now I do that I'm older and can look back on that. And he, he was essentially in the same process too. You know, he was a fire investigator. So he saw a lot of not great things and that affected him in different ways. And there were many times as I was growing up, somebody was always sitting there with them talking things through. Yeah. Like it doesn't always have to be a counselor sometimes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll listen. If you got a problem, I'll listen. Mm -hmm. I won't have, probably won't have all the answers, but I'll listen to what's going on. And sometimes you don't need answers. You just need to vent to someone. Oh, yeah. Huge. Huge. Just getting that off your chest yeah. is a big thing. Like, as first responders, we see and deal with stuff that, for everyone else, it's the worst day. Yeah. So and that's not every day for us, but it's very, very common. I mean, Gail has been through the same stuff I've been through. Yeah, we've been on numerous calls together. We've It's been some pretty ugly situations. So. Mm -hmm. sure. Cool. Um, if you look at sort of your CrossFit journey in terms of it as a whole, strength, mental health, all of that stuff, how has it transferred over into the work that you do? Like if we think like developing grit and all of that stuff being uncomfortable, have you seen that transfer over into your job? Well, I think grit comes to me naturally. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but when, when you get right down to the basics, what is what are the movements we're doing? We're doing pushing, pulling, and moving. Right? Mm -hmm. When I get into a scuffle with somebody, I'm pushing, pulling, and moving. So, the majority, 95% of the people that want to resist me, I can overpower one way or another just because of my size and my strength. Mm -hmm. But there are those 
couple of fights where they've gone a little bit longer and I'm sucking wind, but because I come here and condition it, I'm coming out on top. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I'm going home and so are the people I'm working with. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to let some bad guy tell me it differently. Have you ever like ended your day and have like had this flashback of like, oh, thank goodness I didn't cherry pick that workout because that came <laughs> in handy today. No, I don't. I'm not one to cherry pick. I'll That's up, true. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll come up and I'll complain that it's a running or cardio workout. Yes. But I'll I've heard still, that today already. <laughs> yeah, I will show up every day that I'm I'm coming. And that's the important part, the show up part, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And I guess maybe that's where it translates back is that it doesn't matter what kind of caller what's in front of you. Like you've got to show up and you've got to be there full on ready to handle what's going to happen. And you oh, don't necessarily yeah. know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's a black box just like this is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I've had, I've gone to calls where it's a simple mischief and it's turning into an aggravated assault in front of my eyes. Yeah. So aggravated assault is pretty high up there. So you got to be able to adapt on the fly from a position where you're, it's just, you're sitting at your computer and all of a sudden you're running out the door mop three. Well, here you get to warm up. (laughs) (laughs) But the concept of adaptation is something that we've talked quite extensively about and believe very heavily in your ability to adapt no matter what it is in front of you. you If I didn't, if I didn't come here and do the mobility and the stretching and the lifting, I'm pretty sure I'd be a lot more torn up than I am now. Um, if you had somebody sitting here listening to this podcast and they were in the same position as you, what would you tell them? Talk about it. Find somebody that doesn't matter who talk about it. Don't let it fester because it will eat you up and it'll drop kick you like you won't believe. And that happened to me. Cool. Got any other questions? I don't. That was my question. Feeling <laughs> <laughs> do it. No, that's awesome. Anything more you'd like to add? Don't give up. Um, There are bad days, um, absolutely without a doubt, but don't let it beat you. Find people that you trust and they're willing to help you. I'm sitting with two right here that I've had my back for quite a while now and I trust them. I've broken down in front of them and they've helped me out. So take some solace in that fact that there are people out there that are willing to help you at all costs. We appreciate your vulnerability. Obviously, this is not an easy task to to come here and just sit and tell that story. And especially with the line of work that you're coming from and the implications that that bears with it, you know. So we appreciate that our listenership gets to hear this story and hear your side of things and that you use something as simple as fitness and CrossFit to deal with that or as a tool to deal with it. Um, I think that's very important, especially in this day and age, like I said now. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If anybody's got questions, I'm always willing to talk. So, um, My last question is, are you going to listen to this podcast to listen to yourself? <laughs> I told Whitney a while ago that I binge watch this. Or binge listen to you guys. When it's like 3 o'clock in the morning and I'm driving down a highway. Yeah, but now you you're in it. You us. Yeah. Like that's your go-to? Yeah. Oh, so I get into the car and sometimes this automatically starts playing and I panic so hard because I can't shut it off. Because <laughs> I don't want to hear my voice. Like I panic. What buttons can I press the fastest so it'll shut off? No, I'll listen to you guys when I'm going down the highway at 3 o'clock in the morning. We always ask our guests if they're going to listen to themselves. (laughs) You let us know if you do. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So um, just to wrap this up, for our listeners, we always kind of reach out to you and get some feedback and stuff from you. So if, A, 
you see Cam in the gym, you don't give him a fist bump or an elbow bump or whatever you want to call it nowadays. Yell and, at him. He likes to be yelled yeah, at him. Yeah, yell at him. You know, there's probably many times where he's probably pulled on you and many more times where you have pulled on him. So uh, the Cam effect is in full force. <laughs> you need a t-shirt. Yeah, I do. Okay, episode 29, all about some mental health and how Cam's using it to as a tool to deal with. Thanks for listening. <laughs>